Hi everyone and welcome back to the Parma podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. It's really great to be with you all again. Um, I'm delighted to welcome back um, my dear friend Nora Speakman um, to the podcast. Welcome back, Nora. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, Nora was on um, recently. Uh, we were, we heard her story. We talked about the power of story. We talked about grief. We talked about spirituality. We talked about the Enneagram and all sorts of other things. And it was great fun. Um, Nora hosts a podcast called Lunality Life. Um, and yeah, she's got loads to say on story, on spirituality and all sorts of things. And today uh, we were talking and we, and we both love Joseph Campbell. Yes. Um, and if you haven't read any of his stuff, what are you doing? Go and read it. Don't pause the podcast and go and buy... Go and buy Hero with a Thousand Faces now and then read it. Um, <laughs> um, okay, you done? Good, you bought it. Okay. Um, so we're going to read a quote from that book. We're going to start with a quote from this book, um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and then we're going to kind of just have a discussion about about this quote and then about um, Joseph Campbell's work and the power story and how it impacts our lives. And... Uh, then we'll see where we go from there, as ever. So, Sounds uh, wonderful. Um, so I'm going to read this quote now, and then we'll go from there. Where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the centre of our own existence. Where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. It's one of my favourite quotes of all time. It is. It's almost a mic drop after that. I know. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, how do I respond to that quote? It's just, I remember listening to it. I was at work when I listened to this on audiobook and I first heard that quote and I had to literally go back like three or four times at least to listen to it again to really get it and sink, let it sink in because there's so much in that one quote I mean there's like every line has something yes it's just so powerful so um, I think the best thing to do with this is to take each sentence mm-hmm. and just go just kind of unpack it and see where it goes so it starts it starts off where we had thought to find an abomination we shall find a god um, that like for me speaks to imagery of God and mm-hmm. how often we perceive God and how I've perceived God in the past in unhealthy ways and how that's impacted my faith and my my life and my attitudes, my behaviour, um, my relationship with God generally and the church, um, which is which, which the one I grew up with is all about fear. Um, that image of a God of fear who's waiting to send you to hell and who's distant and keeping his eye on you all the time in case you screw up. As opposed to the God that I now understand as this big, deep, wide, mysterious God of 
infinite love and unconditional love and grace um, who um, is gentle and kind and takes us as we are um, and there's a that's what that sentence means for me um, and what what kind of meaning does that that have for you well it's interesting because I, I I love that you shared your perspective because it's one that I hadn't resonated with I see I see in that me that I've thought of myself as an abomination I have been so hard on myself and shamed myself for different things and yet I end up finding the divinity in me made in his image rather than the shame. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. This Mm -hmm. is why we do this. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, that I'm... After we finish recording, I'm going to have to go and meditate on that, I think, for myself. (laughs) Because, yeah... Oh my goodness, yeah, because we do that, don't we? We we think that we're an abomination and we think we're not worth anything and we think that yes. um, we don't matter as much as everybody else and that if we go deep inside of us, then if people saw what we were really like, then they would see a monster and reject us straight away. Yes. And, but when you actually go deep inside, you find something divine. Yes. Which is... Yeah. Oh man, that speaks to that speaks to grace as well for me because I, the thing I wrote about in my book was was that was that the hardest thing one of the hardest things about grace is to receive it. Mm-hmm. It's to actually accept that you are loved and accepted and belong just as you are with your imperfections, because most of us can admit to imperfections, right? Unless you're a complete narcissist. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, most of us, most of us admit we have imperfections, but what we don't, what we find harder, more difficult, is is actually accepting that we're loved, anyway, and acceptable and belong and enough, anyway. Yes, yes, and you think of the number of judgments against us throughout our lifetime, from our caregivers as parents to others in our life that maybe didn't mean to make those judgments against us, but we've believed it. As we talked about last time I was with you, we believe the story. And so we end up believing that as we search within ourselves, all we'll find is an abomination. The culmination, really, of all those words that had been spoken over us and and perhaps the choices we've made and so forth. And in actuality, us at our core and our essence is we are made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we are holy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, our ident- core identity is divine. Yes. And that's that's difficult to, to, to grasp. Mm-hmm. But this is what Joseph Campbell is talking about, that when you go on this journey, this hero's journey that we all need to go on that he argues you all need to go on um what you find there is this deeper self yes um and in my experience that's true i mean the the last two two or three years of my life have been so 
something akin to my own hero's journey. I think actually a friend of mine said this to me. It's like, you know, this is your hero's journey you're on, right? You know, because I, I started to finally confront my past. Instead of burying it and dealing with the symptoms, I started to actually go to my dark places and wrestle with them and work things out and <laughs> unlearn things and actually realise what I'd been telling myself and the stories I'd been telling myself. And that was a really dark place at one point. Um, and it was reflected in what was going on in my external world as well. Almost <coughs> losing everything. And, um, yeah, I had like close friends who said to me, like, this is, you know, this is your hero's journey. You know, which was kind of kept me going, you know. Um, and I was only beginning to learn about Joseph Campbell then. And, but now I'm kind of hearing what he's got to say in more detail and it's kind of like yeah I mean this quote the reason this quote stood out to me was because it it reflected so much of my own journey over the last couple of years you know and um yeah um but yeah coming to terms with with who we are is one of the hardest things we do probably well, I know when I first interviewed you on Liminality Life, and as I had heard your, even from your very first podcast ever, I shared with you, there was something about you in the strength that I could resonate with, and that your word was freedom. It's freedom for everyone. It's freedom for those that have gone uh, through similar things or whatever hardship, because the beauty in the heart of who you are, James, is you're willing to meet people where they are. Thank you. Well, it's beautiful. It's this It's this quiet strength that says, I'm okay to be vulnerable with you because I've learned to be vulnerable with myself first. Yeah, it does. It does give you a bit more of a healthy perspective on other people's stories yes I think it makes you less judgmental mm-hmm. because and actually allows you to kind of say and that also I think the thing, the thing, one of the things I've noticed for me is that it's allowed me to let other people be where they are on their journey mm-hmm. and not feel the need to correct them or, or push them too far um just to actually say, okay, they need, they're, they're going to go through all this, their, this stuff. But they need to do it on their terms, in their time. And this is where yeah. they are now. And I know because I've been there and I can see that and I know where they're going to go. And, it, you know, and you can even almost see that they're going to have to go through some difficult time. Mm-hmm. But they will come out of it, you know. Um, it kind of gives you a different lens to see everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I know that for me, I was just recently speaking with someone I'll be interviewing not in the not-too-distant future, but one of the most beautiful phrases he said was, I realized in my 30s, I was making decisions out of the mind of a child who was still under the umbrella of his parents' home. And I went, my gosh, if I never interview you... (laughs) That's a whole lot in just that sentence. Because a child can't, you know, lead whatever a position that he was in. And and there's weird places in us that we're stunted from things that happen. Mm -hmm. And 
even those little, those places in us that were stunted have their own hero's journey, so to speak. Yeah. Because there's a coming of age that happens. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the stories that Joseph Campbell talks about, Mm -hmm. is that coming of age story, you know. Um, We've seen it. I mean, his, his ideas have been turned into this, um, this hero's journey has been put in, we see it in Hollywood. Star yes. Wars is the great example of that. The Matrix. The Matrix, yeah. The Hunger Games. All yes. of these are the same story mm-hmm. if you actually deconstruct them. The thing is, it kind of ruins movies if you kind of, because now I can see this like any, <laughs> any origin story of any character, it kind of it has a lot of these traits in it. It's just like, um, and it works. It, it still works. Um, it's got, because we all have to go on that journey. And the reason that those stories are so compelling is that we resonate with them. We connect with them. They connect with, they feel true for us. You know? Well, they become a tuning fork and we hear and we see and we say, yes, I totally understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on to the next part of this quote. Because that was only one part of the quote. There's <laughs> like there's like um three or four others yet. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Mm. This was interesting for me. The 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 the, the the way I connected with this part was I thought all the enemies that I had were outside of me were other people you know my parents or people who bullied me at school or God Um, all of these people took a lot of the flack for a while and actually when you come to the when you come to the next part of the journey you actually start to see that really it was just you that was the enemy, like or part of you, anyway. Not the whole of you, obviously, but but you were your own worst enemy. You were telling yourself a false story, which you were believing and living according to that story. Mm-hmm. And actually, what you needed to do was kill that part of you that was telling that story, so that you could stop telling that story and tell a healthy story. Mm-hmm. Um, and often we can't see that we're our own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's powerful. And I think for me, the other part of it is often there's a phrase here in the in the States that we say, if you spot it, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. whatever you're calling out in yeah. these people, yeah. oftentimes you you actually carry that very same thing. And it's yeah. the reason why you can spot it. And so when I read that, I think, oh, yes, I know how many times I've thought, well, if they would just quit whatever, being judgy, and it's actually my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can, we can, we, we, yeah, I've learned that a lot in the last few years that I've actually learned to slow down and recognize it, that when I'm criticizing other people, why am I getting so upset with other people about this? Am I doing this myself? Yes. You know, like, am I doing this? Is this what I do? Um, 
you know, why does this get me so upset? You know, um, do I do the same thing? And often I found that I am doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. But you learn. And, you know, you kind of slow down and you start listening to yourself. That's right. And this, it's, it's all about self-awareness, isn't it? Yeah. A lot. Yeah, just listening to your anger. Like, sometimes the things that make you the most angry about other people are the things you hate most about yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, yeah, that's definitely, I found that true for me. Because, yeah, I've seen people doing things and got so upset whenever they do them. And then I stopped and thought, oh, you know what? That's something I hate about myself as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hate it about myself more than I hate it about them. You know? Yes. I'm really angry with myself, not with them. Right. Um, yeah. What does that, I mean, what does that kind of, what did that, what does that kind of line trigger for you? What does it, this, this particular one? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think for me is that a big part of my story was that I actually found myself when I quit blaming other people. Mm. When I quit pointing finger and actually held up a mirror. Mm. To see that, as you said, what story am I creating out of this that maybe necessarily isn't true? And I know that for me, um, so much of, of my authentic design, for lack of a better way of saying it, has been impacted by so much that happened in childhood. And suddenly it's as I was talking about with that friend I was interviewing I'm processing through the mind of a six-year-old rather than a 46-year-old. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those old stories, those old wounds. Yes. having power over us, aren't they? Well, they can do if we let them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Hmm. Yeah, so the next part of this quote, um, where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the centre of our own existence. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of speechless after that one. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's like where do we begin on that one <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot in there yeah and what does that bring out in you well it's interesting because to me that almost ties back into how we began and that is where I expected to find an abomination I shall find a god um, we want when we think we're traveling outwards to find what it is we think we're looking for, mm-hmm. it's actually when we come to the center of our being that we find it. And it's something that I, I share with people a lot, and I'll tell them, if you're not happy now, what makes you think that you're going to be happy in the future? If you can't, if, if you think that moving geographically or changing mates or whatever it is, you go with all of those situations 
And I think that so often it's really in just getting to know who we are. Mm-hmm. What we're looking for is inside of us. It's a matter of finding the true us and getting getting out from under what we've where we've buried ourselves beneath. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's to me it speaks of looking outside of us for answers, looking looking outside yeah. of us for validation. Mm-hmm. Looking to others to solve our problems for us. Mm-hmm. Looking to others to tell us that we matter. Looking yes. to external things to sustain us or you know um, we're always looking outwards and we're kind of scared to look inside of us ourselves we don't trust ourselves or we don't have confidence in ourselves um, we don't know ourselves and then you go and do that and then actually what you find is that um None of that actually matters. The validation from other people, mm-hmm. um, getting your value from other people, doesn't doesn't last. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't, you know. Um, and uh, getting your value from things that are outside of you, or getting comfort from things that are outside of you, um, doesn't ultimately deliver. That. Actually, you're already enough. Mm-hmm. But the only validation you need is that truth that you are already enough. Yes. From yourself, yeah. like you just believing that and trusting that that you are enough, and that you are valuable, and that you belong, and that you are loved and accepted as you are. Mm-hmm. And just, and again, that's that's kind of grace in a way. Is that you know God saying you're enough. You know, just come back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's profound. It is, yeah. and I think of um, even as you were saying to be validated by others and finding that it's it's almost it reminds me of Richard Rohr's second half living, falling upward. Yeah, it's living the first half, you know, as he talks about, and then realizing what the second half is for. Um, and it makes me think of my background. My family is, uh, we're Sephardic Jews. We weren't practicing Jews, but I know a lot about Judaism because it's part of my origin. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things is when Abraham is sent out, the original text there actually says, go, go for yourself, leave. And, he, and God asks him to leave behind his safety his political system, his pagan culture he was born out of, he asked him, go find yourself. Mm. And it's fascinating because I think we lose that in the translation that we have westernized to some degree because what is it that that looks like for me when God says, go, go find yourself. Go Mm. to yourself is another version. I like that. Go to yourself. Go to yourself. Because sometimes you have to go, and that's another way you can read this this line is you can sometimes you have to go out into the world to find what was already to find what's inside of you. Yes. 
you have to yes. go and experience life. You have to take risks. You have mm-hmm. to go on adventures because in, in the process you will discover yourself. And again, we see this in movies. Like, how many movies have we had like where there's road trips and two people <laughs> go on a road trip and they're stuck together or something and then at the end they end up discovering themselves because they've been on this journey right. and they've been out into the world but actually what they've been doing is journeying inside not journeying yes. it's just the, the outward journey is just a metaphor for a journey that's going on inside yes and that's yes. why those movies always work because that's what they are you know yes um and how, but how many people, and I think, I don't know if you struggled with this. I certainly did. And still, until I started making journaling a regular part of my life, it's being aware because we can be going on the most incredible journeys, but if we're not aware of the changes and the things that are happening and the, the awakenings that we're having, then we have to repeat it again, don't we? Mm. Until we get it. Mm. Yeah. So I the awareness is so key to be willing to understand how am I being moved what's moving in me um and really like you said getting to the to the core of who we are Mm. yeah absolutely yeah wow there's so many meanings of that and it all comes down to story again yes it just it really does it's just like because I just can't help go but go to movies when I Think of this process when you actually see it. You know, I mean, I, I love, I, I'm a big, big fan of movies, but, um, but I'm also a very keen observer of them and the story structure and all of that. I always, and character development, I'm always, I'm interested in, really interested in that and how they Me do that. Too. And um, character driven movies are my favourite movies, um, definitely. Um, and it's just, it's so interesting that we see so much of even just things in this quote in so many movies you know mm-hmm. being proven to be true um, yes um, which kind of brings us to the last part of the quote which is yeah again amazing mm. uh, and that reads where we had thought to be alone we shall be with all the world mm. Mm. that's so good yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. For me, that's kind of discovering community. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, like I've had anxiety. I've had low moods and loneliness. You know, I still struggle with loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. And you, when you can convince yourself you're alone. Again, and it's a story, again, that you tell yourself that you start to, when you go into this kind of depressive spiral, your brain starts to spin a story that you are alone and that mm-hmm. no one can help you and that you're, if you ask for help, you are bothering other people. You are a hassle to them. Um, you don't want to wake them late at night. You don't want to be a pain or a burden. You don't want them to look down on you. You don't want them to think less of you uh, or mm-hmm. to lose respect for you. And your brain just does, my, I've, I've experienced this, my brain does this like at 100 miles an hour. And suddenly you're kind of like, oh, I've got no one, I'm alone. I, I'm just stuck here with this situation and this, like, move. And there's nothing I can do and there's nothing anyone can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a dark place. 
Um, right. When actually the truth of it is that you have people, that everyone has somebody. Mm-hmm. Whether we realise it or not, sometimes we don't realise we have people. Like I remember a couple of years ago, I got into a really, really dark place where I was having suicidal ideations and I messaged some friends desperately like as a last resort. I didn't think they'd get back to me. Mm-hmm. And they did. And we went out for a drink and we talked about things. And mm. we talked about practical solutions. And suddenly I didn't feel alone anymore and I felt loved and supported. And I wasn't alone anymore. Right. In fact, I never had been alone. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what this this quote this part of the quote means is you know that we and I feel it's got a completely different meaning for you but um (laughs) is that when I you know when I've often felt on my journey that I'm alone Mm -hmm. that I'm not that I have all the world in a sense that that actually we're less alone than we think that whatever our circumstances we often think well I'm the only person that's gone through this I'm the only person that can understand this I'm the only person that's experienced this, when actually there's a whole bunch of people who have, and that you have that, you have a support network, and you're not alone. Yes, that's beautiful. It's beautiful, and I think I I really see that very much along the same lines, um, because I think back to the different tragedies of our life, where if we simply want to put them in the box of tragedy and not speak of them, then we don't give the world an invitation to be a part either. Mm. And, and then we miss out on the opportunity to actually help other people through it. Um, even though it was a very hard thing to necessarily share the, the courage and the transparency and the strength that it takes, Mm. um, to be willing to share that where we have felt alone because of it, with the death of your mom, uh, for me, it was in going through what I went through. Um, Mm. and you think nobody could understand when in actuality, there's somebody out there that is in front of you to pull you out of your pit as you experienced. But then also there's someone behind us. And isn't that what it's about? It's, it's that linking arms and continuing the, the chain of community, if you will, because the, of the strength that comes from the numbers of what that is. And it's funny, we were talking in the last podcast about the Vikings show that I've been enthralled by on Hulu. And when they went into battle, they had to lock shields because of the oncoming arrows. And that's what made me think of this is that in all the movies that we see, you don't ever go into battle alone. So why do we think that we want to to do that? Yeah, absolutely. You never go into battle alone. Yeah. I remember there's this film called King Arthur, which came out ages mm-hmm. ago. Um, and there's this scene near the end where the Vikings are all coming, basically. Mm-hmm. And Arthur just goes out on his horse, on his own, to fight them because he's trying to protect everyone else who's trying to escape. Yes. And all his men are with them, helping them escape. And they all see him up on the hill on his own. And then they all look at each other, and they all get their swords out and everything, and go and go up and fight with him. Mm 
Mm. And it's like this symbol of solidarity, you know, that Yes. You don't this is you don't have to do this battle on your own. You know, we're with yes. you to the end. You know, and um yeah, we can wear these blinders and put these blinders up to think that we're doing a battle on our own. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to believe those stories. Um, but they're lies. They're not They're not true stories. They're, we don't have to do any battle on our own. Right. Um, you know, we can reach out. There's people we can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody message me the other day saying... Um, and I won't say any details because of confidentiality, but they were in this place where they were feeling really alone and they had no, they felt they had no one. Mm. And I was able to kind of gently steer them out of that and um, show them community and show them support and give them a place to go. And, you know, and because ultimately it is a lie that we're, that we're alone. And, there's even a kind of nod to heaven in a sense there as well, isn't there? At the end, like at the end, because when we talked about heaven in the last episode, mm-hmm. like we did together, and yeah, that, that somehow when we're when it all finishes, that we will be together. Yes. Um, and we will be community. Mm-hmm. Um, we will maybe at the end we will realise how unalone we were actually in the end that we weren't and we were that how how little alone we are you know that how many people we have how loved we are yes you know? well and i think of how many celebrities this year alone we watched commit suicide mm. yeah. you know and it was almost like it was a trendy thing. I mean, it was weird. It was, it was as soon as you turned on the news, it was this tragedy. Mm -hmm. And as much as they can be surrounded by people, they can feel like they are all alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And as much as we think they have happiness because of all the materialism and, and all of that, it's, it's really that as people to be seen to be heard at the very core of who we are, not not the fake stuff, not the masks that we wear. Mm. And I think mm. there's there's the courage, isn't it? Is to take down the masks. And I think the masks are actually what make us feel alone. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Because masks are basically false identities and false stories. Yes. They? And we make those masks, you know, we, we create those masks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like in Batman, um, Batman Begins is the film I'm talking about, you, where you see this most of all, that it's like he's two different people. When, mm-hmm. when he puts on the mask, he becomes almost like beast-like, you know, he's like... Yeah. Uh, it's like it's there's strength, there is fear, there's aggression, there's anger, you know. And then he goes back to being Bruce Wayne, and suddenly he's charming and you know, kind of a playboy and kind of you know and um, and popular and like this nice guy, and it's all and this kind of 
not responsible and kind of putting and actually the, the fake story is when he's not wearing the mask because the story he tells as the playboy is not mm. his true self yes that's an act that he's putting on where his true self is the one that wears the mask exactly which is obviously a great irony um, um, and again that movie again uses the same concept of story you know the same hero's journey um, that movie is about his hero's journey mm-hmm. and, but it's just ironic that the, the mask that he wears is actually when he hasn't got a mask on it's a fake yeah. story that he tells the world about who he is and the true, the true self is actually the one out in the mask um, yes um, but we create we create masks for ourselves, um, yes. and these, they're, they're kind of these fake stories that we tell. Well, that we tell ourselves, and often that we tell other people about mm-hmm. who we are. Um, well, I can even point to marriage, James, and where there are times where I held something back that I was thinking I need to work this out on my own or I need to figure it out and I need to, you know, put on my big girl pants and just push Mm -hmm. through it. And I kept my sweetheart outside of that. And I, so that was where I was alone when in actuality in letting him in to share the burden, then I felt connected to him. And really that's, that's our world. And so it was being a part of all of that. But I think that we can, isolate as we're talking about because we think that that's the brave thing to do when in actuality the the brave thing to do is is to let people in yeah yes it's 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 the greatest act of courage to be vulnerable be truly vulnerable yes renee brown we need to get her on your show yes she's on my (laughs) list i if you're listening brene you are welcome i'd love to have you on my show Honestly, I've been wanting to have Brenny on for years. So, uh, um, but yeah, um, it, is, it takes so much courage to be, to be truly vulnerable and take off the mask um, that we wear. And um, yes. yeah, that seems like a good place to, to end. Um, what I'm going to do to end the episode is I'm going to read read this quote again slowly. And you know, if you're listening. I want to encourage you to kind of, as I'm reading it, to just meditate on it and what that, what it means for you, and and go away and reflect on it and write stuff down and, and talk to people, have a think about it, because I think this is this is a this is a this is a message for all of us. Yes. Um, so um, thank you for coming back on the show, Nora. Um, thank you for having me. It was quite fun as always. Yeah, and we'll have you back again. We've got loads more to talk about, I'm sure. So, uh, thank you. Um, So I'm going to read this. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. So here we go. Where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a God. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the centre of our own existence. Where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world.